action, 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 right? This is uh, the All-Star MMA live show. Once again, we're back Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. We might switch up the time in the future, but Sunday night is the best night to talk about fights because it's still fresh in your mind, and it's before all the other shows go live as well. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you guys could join Monday us mornings. and uh, and chat shit about whatever happened over the weekend. You know, there was UFC. Of course, we'll get into that. There was Bellator as well. Um, was there any other major events over the weekend that you guys remember? MMA-wise, nah. nah. Not MMA-wise. Jake Paul, Nate Diaz, was that this weekend? No, weekend no, no. Before. But it was uh, uh, AJ and... Uh, oh, that's Alanis right. I didn't even know. Boxing. Then there was Valdez and Navarrete boxing, BKFC. Yeah, BKFC. I think that was the most notable one. Dobson becoming the first uh, flyweight bare knuckle world champion. Pretty cool. There you go, man. There's so there's a little bit of everything for everybody, right? Something, something for you if you like MMA with the gloves. If you like boxing, if you like boxing without the gloves, you got bare knuckle. But today we'll focus on the MMA stuff. You know, nothing too crazy happened at BKFC, but shout out to uh, Dotson. The dude is made for BKFC, right? His hands are super fast. His feet so fast. It's just like if he lands on you with no gloves and the impact is just going to put you out. And he's already known for knockout power. So just uh, I hope uh, Dobson or Dodson goes on forever, man. Asian roots. Shout out to my Asians. I think he's like part Filipino. If you look at the hair, you know what I mean? The hair, <laughs> it tells you. You know, it tells you, you got that sideshow bob hair. You know what I mean? so, you know, he, got a little, he got a little bit of sprinkle, a little sprinkle of Asian in him. But um, yeah, shout out to him and uh, everybody else doing their thing. J Spec, the league, go in there in the descriptions. You can download the app, join the league over here with J Spec, win some prizes, autograph memorabilia, uh, sickles on there. I'm making my picks as well. Um, last week, not too bad, you know what I mean, for myself. Uh, the week before, it was phenomenal. You know what I mean? I, I just, you know, it's all about luck, to be honest with you. No one really knows what they're doing. You do have all of these handicappers out there that, like, watch tape after tape and, and look at strategies. And, and these guys are some of the most, these guys are some of the most educated fight fans out there. And I don't think you give enough, people don't give enough love to those people, right? Because these people could actually be brought in to MMA camps to help them understand their opponents. But I think that's the future. I've heard it in the past that they brought in like handicappers to help certain coaches or teams. But I think that should be something teams should be looking into, you know, like high level guys that know what they're doing and know what they see. It's good to get a third perspective. But anyways, go in the descriptions. If you do want to gamble, there are links in the app. To help you, you know, guide you to the proper places, the safe places, aka cloud bet. Small plug. But anyways, um, <laughs> UFC Vegas, fifth. Why do I say fifty six? Seventy eight. Seventy eight. If you type in UFC Fight Night seventy eight, you know, I mean, you can't find this fight, right? You'll go back to the past, right? But if you type in UFC Vegas seventy eight, you see Vicente Luque goes into this fight against. Uh, RDA, a former champ, and I think a lot of people underestimated Luke because he's on a, a losing streak and he's he's been away for a long time. And all of these, uh, uh, you know, 
articles coming out about his his uh, brain bleeding after the the last fight against Jeff Neal and the the time of recovery and uh, and he even said it in the post fight that he was scared to get hit the first couple of rounds because of what he went through and pretty much he almost had his career ended because of that you know what I mean be- and he's a guy that's known to be not not getting knocked out right he's a guy right. doing the knocking out to finishing people right and uh and sometimes you know being tough is the worst poison for a fighter right because you just take shot after shot after shot but luke shows you that you could come back from that right the the human body heals itself you just got to give it time he comes in with a totally different stop it was a kind of a totally different style right it, i don't know if it was a different style but it was a different strategy a different method to the madness and he looked great i thought he looked phenomenal I thought he mixed in the wrestling. Nobody expected him to go in there and out-wrestle RDA, right? I think RDA wasn't even expecting that. And uh, and you see in the middle of the fight, Sicko, uh, I think it was Michael Chiesa. He called into like the UFC and told him that uh, RDA's corner took off his ankle wraps because <laughs> Luke was using them to get the takedowns along the fence. Sicko, oh. You didn't see that? Did you catch that? No, I didn't catch that at all. I, I wasn't watching with the commentary on. So I'm guilty of, of having it muted. But no, I didn't catch that. That's that's slick. I don't know if that's going to change all too much of the outcome. But hey, if you feel like it's giving somebody an extra grip, like for sure, you know, why not? Yeah, man. If, if you're going to give them something to hold on to, you're going to hold on to it to help yourself and, and implement the strategy that you have. Before we get to Jay Speck and his thoughts on the fight, let's uh, get into some of these comments. We got some uh, some comments about Cub, we'll get into that fight next after this one, the main event. Um, let's see. Marcus is complaining about uh, the UFC Fight Pass. What the what the F is wrong with UFC Fight Pass? It claims to have the entire UFC library. It doesn't have shit. Really? I don't I don't use UFC Fight Pass. What do you what about you guys? I, I do. I, I do? used to. I know some cards that they didn't have the rights to have on there, uh, like the ABC cards. I, they might have changed that, but I remember Max and was it Cater? I believe it was Max and Cater that happened in ABC. And I remember like a while after I tried to watch it on Fight Pass, and I was like, it's not here. I couldn't find it. And then somebody told me like, oh, they, that that's ABC. You have to go to uh, ESPN Plus to watch that one on there. Like they have it backlogged, not on Fight Pass. So that could be what what you're experiencing. All right. What about you, Jay Spag? What are your experiences with Fight Pass? Fight Pass overall is a great idea, just not well executed. There's some design flaws in their app. No, no disrespect. Uh, their library is kind of hard to navigate when you're looking for certain searching for certain stuff. Um, and yeah, luckily, luckily we watch all the fights live as they're happening, so I don't really have too big of a need to go back and see recently. Like I know their all their old school stuff is there, but are you talking about like recently past events? I don't watch those that much because I'm watching them live with you guys. So, uh, I don't know. Fight Pass, I give it, honestly, if I was to grade it, I give it a B minus. Like, I like it That's an fine. idea. I like what it tries to do, but it doesn't always execute well. Anyways. Well, Mustard, he's saying that uh, he's emailed them five times and saw a bunch of bullshit. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, if you look at a UFC website, that, that can just tell you, like, how much investment they want to put onto that side yeah. of it things you know what i mean because it's 
it's uh it's terrible man most of these sports websites they're they're not very good except for the all-star go and download the all-star app in the descriptions you can you know customize everything every sport not just uh the ufc you can't watch fights on there but you get everything else all the news marcus it says uh oh sick um oh i see sicko it's crazy that's what i'm talking about yeah, yeah. So, for anything recent y'all espn plus so espn plus is going to have it day after fight pass for pay-per-views i believe it's a month after for uh fight nights i believe it's a week or two weeks after that it comes up on there but espn plus will have it the next day for for uh fight nights so, and pay-per-views if but you would have to buy it still and contender series has that same leg you're talking about yeah yeah so they have to let i'm sure that's a working deal they have with espn plus like espn plus has to be able to have it on there on demand for a while before fight pass can have it on theirs because then you know why well i wish they would explain that to the customers right so the customers would for know, sure you know what i mean a little little snippet on the bottom of the screen or something you know what i mean like to tell yeah. people if they're looking for something it might be not available ufc fight pass man they're not gonna fix it i'm gonna tell you right now the reason why is because they don't have to if yep. there was another streaming service that was offering the same thing that was better then they would event you know it's competition right you need competition to grow and there is no competition for no. those fights you know that that content the availability of it there's no competition so uh yeah man you're gonna marcus you're gonna be confused you're gonna be angry and you're gonna be all kinds of emotional with uh with that fight pass stuff but uh yeah man we gotta move on Fight pass is fight pass, man. We could complain about it all day, every day, and get fifty thousand emails. Nobody cares, <laughs> right? Because they're just, yeah, it's false advertisement. When you know this whole world is about false advertisement. Come on, you watch every commercial on TV. It's false advertising. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I just got hit with that with the damn Papa John's, man. They had that yeah. garlic stuffed crust pizza. I was I hit me with the commercial like six times. Like the fifth yeah, time, I didn't even care. But sixth time, you I was probably like, you yeah. probably just started your diet or something, right? Everybody no, when they start their diet, they start like, seeing those commercials. Good. And then uh, I bought oh. it. I fell into it. I bought it. It sucked. And I was just like, never again. I'm never following three for the one. Chat. Three for one deal this week. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like I just started my diet. No, you did it because you're gonna go hit up that three for one. You know you are. A little With the soda. With gremlin. The soda. Anyways, uh. Yeah, let's uh let's uh let's get back into this main event. You know what I mean? Um, a big fight for for Luke, RDA, arguably a big fight for him as well to to show people that he's still a top level uh, welterweight, right? Because he's been fighting at lightweight. Yeah, man, they're Luke shut it down, man. Anything he just shut it down. Um, I thought he was winning all the all the rounds, you know what I mean? A couple of them were really, really close. I think a lot of people gave the third round to RDA. I just think Luke, he just did a little bit more every round. And and it was a pretty dominant performance. J-Spec, uh, Luke, you know, what's what's next for him, man? I think this five-round fight really shook off all the cobwebs, cobwebs and also his confidence, too, after the last two losses. He rebuilt that through this fight. And he moved to Florida. He's full time at Kill, uh, Kill Cliff. There's a lot of stuff going on with Luke, right? And he's still only 29. He's been around really? forever, and he's still only 29. Really? What's wrong he's... with Luke? Well, on that other side of it, there's that confidence, right? That reality. Like you can talk about it, you can believe it, 
But at the end of the day, when you're talking about, are you are you about to put up a Michael Bisping ad right now? You no, can no, no, believe it. No, 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 no. Believe no. it. <laughs> the absolute opposite, actually. You know, you can believe you're all good and stuff, but until Luke, it, you know, that's serious shit. Your your brain bleeding. That's not like, that's not. I don't know. I I don't know how to measure medical diagnoses, but that's not nothing to play with, and uh, could be very scary. Like you mentioned, as you're talking about your career being over, who you are. As a person, your primary way of providing for your family, all that stuff. And like you said, he's only 29. I thought the brother was 30. But either way, still super young to be faced with that 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 issue we, we all have to face as adults is the eventual mortality of stuff. But not right now, not today, and hopefully not for a long time because he looks healthy, looks good. He had to go in there and prove it, prove it without a doubt to himself. Um, and, you know. There's no other way you can do it except go in there and fight a guy like RDA, a real dude. You know, a real dude is going to try to fight you, try to beat you, try to meet you, whatever kind of craftiness, veteranship you got. He's got more of it. He's got more experience. He's got more life experience. He's older than you. Like, so with all that being said, Luke, uh, he's, he's a fan favorite for a reason. People like him for a reason. And I think to... Maybe this is not going to be one of those performances where people remember it. it. It might not go on people's highlight reel, but if you're a Vicente Luque fan, which I am, it goes onto your fandom highlight reel. This is the the fight that, like you said, he got all that doubt and question marks out of his mind, and hopefully we get to see a, a bit better, sharper, more aggressive, even more fantastic version of him next time out. And uh, that's all. That's all there is to it. On the other side, RDA. Well, it's it, is it is it him or is did he just fight a a fighter who's smart, gifted, and had a very smart game plan? Like you said, he didn't get into firefights. He wrestled how much ever he needed to. He struck when he needed to, just enough. Like was was RDA bad last night? No. Was he great last night? No. I, I don't really have much to say about him. I don't, I don't have too many negative points. I just think Luke kind of used his brain and used a really smart game plan out there and got the dub. Definitely. Um, correction on Luke's age. He is 31 years old, basically in his prime, right? Mm-hmm. He, he he had a prime uh, performance, right? It, you know, you don't have to get a finish to show that you are in your prime, to show that you're you're improving, you're elevating in your skill set. You, you could show it by strategy, implementing a game plan and an execution, right? And and a lot of people they look over those things because you know everybody loves the highlights, everybody loves the submissions, the chokes, they love the brawls. That's what they remember because it's easy to remember those things because you could be like you don't have to remember the details. You just remember that oh that fight was crazy. You know what I mean that motherfucker went hard, right? Like that's all you can say to like respond to certain like that fight was. But you don't remember that fight really. You just remember that it was crazy. It was hard. Like. Those dudes went, you know, heavy on each other. But uh, Dos Anjos, let's look at this man. This man, 32 and 14, well, 32 and 15 now. 38 years old. Sicko, is it age catching up to Dos Anjos? Is it the, is it the, the wear and tear? Is it, is it like, did he just have an off night? Did he just have a bad game plan? What do you think it is with Dos Anjos? Because he just didn't look the same. Man, I feel like the game plan was accurate. I feel like he was in there and what he was trying to achieve were, were the right things. And to be honest, going into this fight, 
I thought it would go exactly the way it did, but for Dos Anjos, I thought the fight's not going to be as explosive on the feet. I don't think RDA still has that same explosion. He looks a little bit slower. I mean, obviously, at 38 years old, you're going to be father time's going to catch you. It catches all of us. And that's what it looks like for me is that RDA has plateaued. I don't know if I'm ready to say that he's starting to decline. Definitely not at a rapid rate. He didn't look terrible in there. Rob said it earlier. Did he look terrible? No. Uh, but, yeah, I just feel like at this age, what you see from him is what you're going to get. And the thing that surprised me was were those takedowns that you pull up right now, the control time and the takedowns in RDA. It says two for seven. It was over seven. The two takedowns that he got were, I mean, very little. One of them, there was some control time when they reversed it and stuff. But one of the takedowns he did complete, Luke was right back up to his feet immediately. So that was the most impressive thing for Luke. I don't think RDA did anything particularly wrong. I don't think his game plan was bad. I just don't think he still has that explosion. He doesn't have the power uh, to go out there and, and really put somebody out right now, especially at that division. So for me, when I look at Dos Anjos, I think that's where he's at and that's where he's going to be at for how long? A year, maybe two years, and we're going to see a heavy drop off. I'm not saying that he's hit that big decline in his career yet, but it's coming. He's definitely hit the plateau, though. He, he's not going to get any better. There you go. RDA, man. We'll see. I think we have to wait until his next fight at welterweight because we, he needs to stop jumping back and forth, man. That's not helping him. Any, Thank you. you know? Stay at welterweight. You're 38 years old. Cut less weight. You know what I mean? And he looked – physically, he looked the same. He looked phenomenal, right? It's just fine, the yeah. execution. Yeah. Um, yeah, so RDA, we have to see, you know, what he can do. I think you give him a – to be honest with you, I think you give him another top 15 fighter. I say you put RDA against Michael Chiesa. Have they fought already? Yes. No, no, I'm thinking about Luke. Oh, they Luke. have. He they beat RDA. Okay. By decision. Wow. I don't even remember That's that surprising. Fight. That's surprising. That yeah, this thing is yeah. We don't remember that fight, right? So RDA has got to fight one of these newer guys. I think RDA against Jack Della. I think a top like one of these like top ten, eleven through because he beat Neil Magny. He hasn't fought Kevin Holland, but I don't think you want to put Kevin Holland against RDA. I don't know. It's not a, yeah, but it's maybe not a good you do. For RDA. Maybe you do. You know what I mean? Right now, is it? Do you build Kevin Holland? Or do you give RDA a chance to get back into the top 15? I mean, we know that answer from the You US. build Kevin Holland. Right? Yeah, like, 100%. Yeah. He loves Kevin Holland, right? So I think you're going to put Kevin Holland yeah. probably against like a RDA, right? A, a oh, former sure. champ. That's what you want. I think it could be a main event, another five-rounder, name value, RDA. Kevin Holland, you know, he's the new star. He's the new newer kid on the block, right? And he looks like he's establishing himself in the welterweight division. With the way he performed in his last fight, looks like he's much more focused on like going after a certain thing. Like maybe he has a dream now, maybe he has a goals now in, in fighting. I don't know because it seems like he's always one foot out the door. But I think Luke uh, RDA versus uh, Kevin Holland would be a great fight, and it would be great for Kevin Holland, uh, a good name. Vicente Luque, of course, you want him to fight ahead of him because he's won against a guy that has lost. That who's ahead of him, I think. Sean Brady would be a great fight. Or have they fought already? Luke is. 
Nope. Sean he hasn't fought Sean Brady. I think him versus Sean Brady is a good fight. And I think that it should be a three rounder. I don't I don't think you should put them in a five rounder. Um I think a three rounder on a pay per view, you For open sure. that pay per view with Sean Brady and Vicente Luque sure. would be a great fight. And Sean Brady's healing from an injury. Vicente just lost. They could book this, you know, early. Uh, if they're in a hurry, December. But if they're not, they could book it like January, February of early next year. A big welterweight fight. Vicente needs another win over a solid top 15 fighter. RDA yeah. wasn't even ranked at welterweight. right? He was a ranked lightweight. So mm-hmm. it doesn't really tell us too much in the scheme of the title picture for Vicente Luque, but his next fight should be something that uh, that elevates him, right? And Sean Brady would be a, a great fight. Uh, yeah, and he's fought like a lot of the other guys uh, yeah. in the top 10. So Jeff New, we'll Wonder Boy. Yeah, what do you guys think? What do you guys think about uh, Vicente Luque? Who should he fight? I don't know, but I just think this fight, even though it, it wasn't uh, consequential to this uh, weight class's title picture, I do think it was very beneficial for Luke, like for the reasons we already mentioned. Plus, you know, a slump buster. Like we all need them. They're important. You know, just get out of the streak of negativity of, of of a skid, if you will. So, yeah, even though it wasn't for the rankings, but definitely important for Luke. And I agree with you. Obviously, he's got to fight uphill, but he's like you said. You kind of point out. There's unfortunately a lot of the guys in front of him. He's already fought a little bit. You know, so. Do you run? Do you run the risk of rematches there? I wouldn't. Yeah, you want to kind of sway away from rematches, right? Unless yeah, really that's necessary. the down. That's the unfortunate part is when you look at that one through ten, those are all rematches for him. Unless, unless and then he Gilbert, Gilbert, he's not gonna. You know, Scott I don't. Five. I don't know if Gilbert if they would fight each other. No, right? they wouldn't fight each other. So yeah, outside of Sean Brady, it's a rematch. One thing I will say is. Um, Neil Magny is the one who got booked with Ian Gary, correct? Yes. He's the replacement fighter. So if Ian Gary wins that fight against Magny, I can see a situation where he leapfrogs over Luke, and that could be a potential next fight is Luke against Gary. Yeah, well, if you, if you look at the way that the UFC perceives Luke and perceives Gary, of course, they're going to give Gary the more opportunities. Let's just be real mm-hmm. about it, right? You know, it... it it baffles me, to be honest with you, that Luke and his fighting style and just his fighting style, right? The, the way he fights and, and the highlight reels that he has, he's not more of a popular fighter. It baffles me, right? I know he doesn't talk crazy, but some certain fighters, they go in there and fight like Luke and they're just more popular than him, even though they don't talk trash. And Luke, I don't think I've ever heard him talk trash about anybody at all. Like, he's very respectful, right? Um, Super cool. Yeah, super nice. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. And, I mean, unfortunately uh, for him, every time he's had that opportunity to take the next really big step, he's fallen short. You know, whether it was Jeff Neal, Wonder Boy, uh, Bilal Muhammad, like, all of those fights, he's right there. I think where he's placed is is kind of what he is right now. I mean, we're talking about the rematches. All the guys above him would be rematches on fights that he's lost. And then there's guys below him that we're sitting here going, oh, that would be a really bad matchup. I don't think he could win those. So, that's the, you know, where do you go with somebody like that? It's it's confusing, man. But, you know, I think Luke, he's 
he's on his second tear now. He went through his first tear, lost, you know, one more than he lost, but then he needed that reset, you know, during his prime. He's 31 years old. Um, I think he's going to have a, a better approach, and we'll see a different Luque. We might not see as violent, right? You might see a more calculated version of Luque, but if the tennis just come, they're going to come. He's going to chase after them. But yeah, um, good, good, uh, good matchups in the future for Luque RDA. He might just turn into a gatekeeper for that welterweight division, and how long will that last? Because to be honest with you, if pay per view, if uh, PFL is offering one million dollars to fight what four times in one year, in mm -hmm. that short period, yeah, RDA might be interested in doing that. Who knows, right? RDA still loves fighting. He still wants to compete. And if there's a, a million dollar pot at the at, at the end of the rainbow, I don't see why other promotions are not. I was just talking to uh, a UFC former UFC champion about that, about like you know the fighter pay and and the and like promotions offering like million dollars. You know, if you win tournaments in short period of time, and it's just like. It's a, you know, they were saying, like, this is a good thing for, like, fighter pay and free agency and all that stuff. But yeah. we will still we still have to see, you know, we still have to go a few years to see if that's going to be advantageous to the fighters. Because it might end up being not advantageous to the fighters if we see promotions, if we see a promotion merge. Yeah. Right. And then it, the competition is smaller now. Right. Because you. You merged, right? You became one. Two became mm -hmm. one, right? So we'll have to see in the future. But anyways, if everybody's wondering that's watching right now, what is that thing on the screen? It is the All-Star app. This is what the All-Star app looks like. And you could go to every event. Look at the top. I'm scrolling across. Look at all the events right there. You just push them. Aspinall, Tibera. Boom. All the fights. You know, all the fights. So let, let's say this weekend, last weekend, Luque Dos Anjos, you push Swanson versus uh, Hakeem on the top. You get your betting info. You get Swanson's record. And then just everything's there. Dawadu, same thing. Finishing rate, record, age, reach, height, country, all that stuff is sitting there. So let's go to this fight. Not only, wait, wait, wait. Not only okay. that. Not only that. Don't, don't cut yourself short, John. Not only no. do you get all that cool stuff, but... John's doing these killer interviews with all these fighters leading up on their fight week. You're finding out stuff about them on the spot. There, those interviews are in this app too, so don't sleep on that. Oh yeah, yeah. I think you could find them on the app. Where is that? If you go yeah, back, when the, yeah, when you're in the fight picks area, usually yours is the pre-fight. It'll yeah, say so it, like but if now you it's go over here. Actually, if you go here and you scroll down, there's videos that you know pop up. It depends on like what sport. But if you go down here to picks. You go to picks. Here are all the recent events. And then you can make your picks up here for next week's show. Uh, last yeah. week's show is right here. I went, let me see what I did on my picks. I picked RDA. So I got Swanson. Doc is lost. So I, so I got one, two, three, four. Four picks wrong. But uh, anyways, Not bad it's all. all good. I ain't tripping about that. Let's go to the UFC. Boom, UFC, last week's event. Um, Cub Swanson versus Cub Swanson. After he wins, 
He says, I don't know if I won that. Sicko, would you admit that? I, I don't know if I – yeah, at his age, man, you know what I mean? Be honest. I love the honesty from Cub. He always keeps it He always keeps it a buck, man. He's always real. And I completely agree with him. I did not think he won that fight either. I mean, it was close. People love to use the word robbery. I know I'm not going to use that word. But I did favor Dawadu. Take that for, for what you want. I, I thought he won the fight. Well, when you look at the statistics, J-Spec, mm. Dawadu, significant strikes. I know significant strikes doesn't really mean shit. But we're going to look at it anyways because it's there for us to yes. marvel at, right? This computation of strikes. And, and somehow <laughs> they know they're significant. Um, Dawadu, 87 landed significant. Significant strikes over 66 by Cub Swanson. Head strikes even, not 49 to 49. I'm I'm sure that you could accurately computate that one, right? Like, you know, a, a, a strike landed the head. The impact of it is, you know, TBA. But, right. but yeah. landing it, yes, you could tell. Leg strikes, you know, that would do 22 to 6. Control time he had over him. And uh, Swanson had one takedown, I believe, at the end of the first or second round. They He kind of, like, tried to win the round with the takedown. And it was yeah. slick. You know what I mean? And you know what? I did a, a, a live radio show during yesterday's uh, UFC. And they were asking me about, you know, Luke A, RDA, Swanson, and Dawadu, and the uh, Dawkins roundtree. And he's like, yo, any bets you're going to throw down? Like, any advice you could give somebody? about the fights and I told him bet on Cub Swanson <laughs> I told him bet on Cub Swanson Cub Swanson is going to go in there and uh he's going to do what he needs to do to win his fight and we might see some vintage Cub Swanson you know what I mean and we did see some vintage but clearly glimpses Dawadu is a is a better fighter he's the younger fighter you know what I mean and and just when he landed it seemed like he landed with more impact and he landed much more if you look at the statistics but the judges saw it for Swanson. But my advice was right. It just the judges were wrong. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, but if he did take my advice, then you want some money, right? It was, Swanson was the underdog by yeah, plus uh, two sixty-five. That's a you threw down a thousand dollars. That's a good little little come up, right? So J Spec Swanson, do we oh, put him against these types of level fighters still, or? Could we just, you know, give him? Because if you give him prospects, man, he's gonna run into a prospect that's just gonna be a, a monster, right? Like that's eventually it's, gonna happen. I mean, the reality is, there's there's two choices really. He can, you can put him on the fight veterans exclusive, like you guys fighting for the retirement sakes, you know, go on that kind of tour, if you will, or or you got to pick a level and be a gatekeeper and. I mean, yes, eventually, John, you're right. It is a little bit like playing Russian in a regards that eventually the prospect, the young lion, one of them will get through you. If that's the role you're going to play, that's going to happen. But but depends on what level you pick. And if you're really smart about it and you're honest about it, and Cub's pretty honest about it, he didn't even think he won that own fight. Uh, so if he's that kind of honest and he can be like Jim Miller honest and fight where you are in this year, 2023, not the Cub Swanson we all love and we know you're a badass, you know? If you're fighting at that level appropriately, he can be winning 
a good number of matches awesomely. Maybe this wasn't an awesome one, but uh, he could be like Jim Miller. And I'm, nobody's quite like Jim Miller, but in that regard where you are at the proper level of competition, a veteran, nothing to prove left, but you still want to fight and you still want to entertain. Fuck yeah. Like put Cub Swanson at that level and I will gladly watch Cub Swanson for as long as he wants to fight. I think that guy's awesome. And like you, John, I picked Cub, maybe for fandom reasons. Maybe he maybe he didn't deserve the decision, but I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Because here's the thing. Here's my criticism on Hakeem. Is, you're right, he's younger, he's faster, he's supposed to be all this stuff. But you know what he lacked? The thing that Cub Swanson never lacks is aggression and showing that you want to fight. Hakeem was just in there moving backwards most of the time. And if you want to... Look, fighters, young fighters, old fighters, doesn't matter. Look how many times fighters get screwed. Being technical, moving backwards a lot, not being the first one out the gate. It happens all the time. And whether you want to call it robbery or knowing the audience, in this case, these judges, Hakeem did the type of thing that gets this type of result. And there we are. That's my two cents on this fight. Yeah, another uh, thing that I looked at was uh, Dawadu's past performances, right? You know, in his last couple of fights, especially in his last two out of three, he's lost them, right, those fights by decision. And I think the reason why he lost those fights was because of what J-Spec said, that he he's kind of like, he doesn't show urgency. And when he does have his opponents hurt, he doesn't really go after it as hard. And I feel like in the judge's eyes, that scores a lot, right? If you Even if the dude is not hurt, but if you hit him clean one time and you felt like it landed very clean, you have to go after the guy just to show the judges like, yo, this dude was hurt. Like that could sway a judge's mind, right? That could be mm-hmm. that one point, that one highlight of that round where the judges remember and be like, yo, Hakeem won that fight, that round, right? But Hakeem didn't do that. And he didn't do that in his last couple of fights. And that's why I picked Cub Swanson because Cub Swanson does have that showmanship. And, you know, people forget, like, Cub Swanson is the, the first dude to come out with his hands down. It's like him and Eddie Wyland, like him and both those guys fight with his hands down. You know, we talk about Alex Pereira, but, man, Cub Swanson and Eddie Wyland, those are the original guys, right, back in the WC days where they come in with his hands. It's wild to me. Bobby Green is mm-hmm. the same yep. style, right, where they go yep. in and it's just – I respect those guys so much, and and to be lasting that long at the highest level, yes, it go like we have to kind of just be like in awe because what are the first things we're taught when we go and you know it's not even like you go to a boxing gym or anything like this. Your pops, you just go, <laughs> your uncle. yeah, your uncle. Like, get your hands, your hands up, up. and he first slaps thing. you in the back of the head. Be like, oh, you missed out. Get your hands up, right? Like they don't have that. So it go, it's. Like, what do we do with Cub Swanson now? You know what I mean? If he keeps winning. I, unfortunately for Cub, I don't see him leaving on top. I feel like he's going to push it as far as he can possibly push it. My biggest fear for him is he kind of goes out uh, very similarly to some of the vets that we've seen that, you know, we're like, God, please don't let him go out nasty. The Frankie Edgars, the, these guys, where you're just like, God, I'm just, I don't want to keep seeing them get knocked out like that. Uh, not to say that he's been getting knocked out. You know, a couple finishes. Obviously, the Jonathan Martinez one was not great. 
Uh, but his age, I just don't see him walking away. I don't see him walking away anytime soon. I thought maybe after this win, he'd be like, okay, let me think about it. And there was no hesitation. He looked like he was, you know, ecstatic. Obviously, he didn't know if he won the fight, and that doesn't look like it's going to persuade him to maybe call it quits. I think he's going to continue to fight for as long as he can. And I think eventually you're just going to see another one of those guys, a guy similar to Martinez or similar to, to Giga, where he runs into a prospect that we're like, oh, man, this might be tough for him, and he might get put out uh, one or two more times before he does call it a career. I just think Cub is one of those guys where, man, we're going to we're gonna end up criticizing him for the thing we love about him, which is being a true warrior. And that's the way it goes. Uh, you know, Just appreciate him for it. You're going to see him get put away. You're going to see him get hurt again because he's going to walk into the fire. That's who he is, and that's why we love him. So let's cheer for him and let's hope that doesn't happen. But like I said, he's going to, if you put him against these guys that he's capable of beating, his natural state, his natural thing is let me let me move up. Let me go for it again because he's just that type of person. For sure. And, yeah, man. Before we move on to the to the next fight, Roundtree versus Dawkins, we'll get to some of these comments. Uh, Marcus Mustard saying Hakeem was tagging Cub. Like Cub said, yeah, he was getting yeah. tagged up, right? He was the one who was bleeding first. Sure was. Um, Marcus also says, a body language and everything, I don't know, showmanship, veteran lean, but Hakeem was tagging him. You're right. We just we just talked about that. Uh, showmanship, man, it, it helps, man. These judges, they're, they're not perfect. Body language. Brianna Frost, that, shout out to Brianna Frost. What's up, Bri? You know, a regular on the on – the, uh, was it the spaces the live spaces go check those out every weekend during the fights if the fights are on go on twitter look for the spaces they're Please. on there chatting and uh having a good old time with uh with uh jay speck and sicko um let's move on let's go to the head the light heavyweight fight between khalil roundtree and chris Dawkins. uh interesting story over the week, I heard about uh, Khalil Roundtree, right? Is that Khalil, Khalil Roundtree, like, if you look at his record, okay? So his record, he's 11-5, and 12-5 now. But he said, I heard that when when he went on that, like, the, these back-to-back -back losses right here, this is when he went vegan. This is, mm. this is the story I've heard, that he went vegan mm. for a while. And it was just that aggression wasn't there. That, like... That killer instinct wasn't there, you know. That power wasn't there like it was. Power, <laughs> man, power. It, it, right? It's real. It's real. It's real. You need that meat, right? You need that meat, right? You need that protein. <laughs> Pause. I, I, so, I have so many, I have so many vegan jokes I want to say right now. But. Right. So like, and even yeah. you know, even Sean O'Malley, he came out. He said he went vegan for a while, and he yeah. said it just it wasn't the same, right? And I'm glad he switched up. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being a vegan or being a vegetarian. I think it's great. It shows you you have discipline to not eat all the other stuff that's out there, especially processed <laughs> foods, which are delicious and, and phenomenal. And, mm -hmm. and I promote it if you want to be dead at age 50. Um, but Khalil Roundtree, man, he has turned it around, you know, after those back-to-back -back losses to Kutalaba and especially that fight that lost to uh, – Pracneo, right? Like that was just like, how did he lose to Pracneo, right? Yeah. People were probably shocked, but he did lose to Pracneo. But since then, Kale, 
Bukakis, that knee stomp. Then he KO'd Robertson. Then he got the, the somewhat controversial decision against Jacoby, and Jacoby's a top 15 fighter. And then now he just knocked out Chris Dawkins, who was a ranked heavyweight. And uh, I thought Dawkins looked decent in the fight. Uh, you know, he moved around well. Um, but Roundtree, man, once you show a, a hint, a hint of any weakness, he's going to go in there and pounce, dude. And the dude, technically, he's become a phenomenal striker, right? He was clearly ready for whatever Dawkins had for him, right? Because you could kind of see, like, he was spamming the, the what is it, the right hook, Check the hook, counter yeah. right hook, right? He was just throwing that. And then I think he was baiting him with that. And then he threw the, le- what was it, the left straight down the he middle. Off and that's it. the one that dropped him, right? And, uh, yeah, man, Roundtree has that, like, game-altering power at light heavyweight and he showed it against Dawkins, man. Dawkins, he looked all right, to be honest with you. Jay Speck, what'd you think? Chris Dawkins looked like Chris Dawkins, just more in shape. Um, and, and I say this with all the respect in the world. I think he's a good fighter, just not great. And I think Khalil has greatness inside of him. It's just whether he's going to fully reach the high watermark I set for him in my mind. Um, I think there's going to be good things from Chris in the future. Physically, he looked great. Like, I actually applaud him for the discipline it takes to trim down from, remember, I mean, come on. We all remember what he looked like when he first came into the UFC. Like, he literally looked like a cop dragged out of a cop car, like, fluffy as shit. Like, you know, so where he's at now, you know, premier athletic weight class for him, good for him. Uh, I hope good stuff in the future, but man, it's it's tough when you're going against light heavyweights nowadays. They're all murderous. Like honestly, like people kind of dog the light heavyweight division for some reason because there's not a you know since John left. But the reality is, like every single one of these guys in the division are huge and powerful. And Khalil is now, like if you will, let's say he's in a new version of himself ever since. You know, he corrected some things that wasn't working for him. And he's on a hot streak. And maybe, and I'll dare to say this, maybe the Khalil Rontree looked down on that record previously. (coughs) Maybe confidence was one of the things he didn't quite have in there yet. I'm just guessing. But if that is the case, problem solved. Because, like, that, that streak that I just mentioned that he's on, he's winning in various ways, like, He's, he's he's a man in his time right now. Khalil Roundtree's a dangerous opponent, and I would be I wouldn't be surprised if in the near future, very near future, we hear Khalil Roundtree or somewhere near uh, him saying that he's having a hard time finding fights, and that's that's my oh, thought. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Khalil Roundtree, thirty three years old, clearly doing the best he's ever done throughout his career, and I and I feel like him only having sixteen fights. And a lot of those fights being in the UFC, it helps him, right? Being that age and entering his prime and the matchups that are in his future is going to be phenomenal. So, Claire Roundtree, keep doing what you're doing. Eat that meat. You know how it is, sicko. Or do you know how it is? (laughs) I don't know what you're talking I'm a vegan, too. I'm a vegan, too. Texas barbecue boy. I'm a vegan, too, man. I'm vegan. I'm telling you. That when you put it that way, I'm a vegan, bro. 
Yeah, no, it's real though. People, it's real. I mean, what have we always said about the Diaz brothers, right? Gas tank for days, but man, it's no volume. Power. They got no power, nothing. You know, Sean O'Malley said it. You referenced him earlier. He's leading up to his contender series fight. He's like, I had a bright idea to go vegan, and it was terrible. It was a horrible decision, and I'm glad I'm not vegan anymore. And maybe that's something that he had to learn the hard way. But God, I love watching Roundtree fight. Like he's one of my favorite fighters to watch. Because very opposite of what we just criticized Hakeem Dawa do for, right? He he can tag people, he has them hurt, and he's just too cautious. He doesn't go for it, or at least he doesn't get aggressive when it's time to. When Roundtree has you hurt, it's not just that he comes at you. He is almost evil, like borderline vicious when he has you hurt. He looks for certain strikes whether it's the knee stomp, we remember the the soccer kick to to uh, Buddy's ribs while he was on the floor. Yep. Like the the last couple follow up shots that he threw at Dawkins were, I mean, there was really bad intent on those, and that's why we love him. You know, we love that that ferociousness of Khalil Roundtree. So every time he's in there, whether he wins or he loses, I know he's going to bring violence into that cage, and he's a fan favorite for sure for good reasons. And for Dawkins. Listen, if somebody were to come up and ask me if somebody had never seen the UFC, they've never seen Dawkins, and they go, oh, what's your opinion on him? My answer would be, he's fine. He's fine. You know, it is what it is. But you got somebody who's okay, he's fine, and you put him against an absolute savage, a guy who is a killer like Roundtree. Uh, me, personally, this is exactly how I thought this fight would go. But, you know, unfortunately, I haven't, and I don't think I ever will pick Dawkins in a fight. That's just to be to keep it a, a buck. <laughs> Dawkins, he started off red hot, right? Heavyweight division, knocked off Parker Porter, Nascimento, Olenek, and then Shamil, all KOs. And then he hit <clears throat> the biggest of the big heavyweights, right? And yeah. you can't blame him, right? He, he's going punch for punch with Derek Lewis, Curtis Blades, uh, Rosenstrike, two of those guys. Three, all of them, you know, have well, they're heavyweights. They have serious power, but two of them were, you know, you got a brawler in Lewis who just throws hammers, and you've seen what he can do with that for everybody. And then Blades, who has the takedown threat, but he also, if he lands, he's gonna get knock you out. And Rosenstrike, just a kickboxer, you know, what I mean, phenomenal mm -hmm. striking. And then he just lost the round tree, right? Those that's four in a row. To be honest Four's with you, I think too. he's gonna be. Uh, He's gonna he's gonna fight at light heavyweight again. You know what I mean? I think, you know he's 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 the same age as uh as a uh, Roundtree, right? So like you can't just say one thing for one guy and another for another guy. I think Dawkins, this is his first fight. You know maybe if he didn't face off against a power puncher, we would have saw a different version of him. You know what I mean? Matchups mean everything in this sport. Uh, but I think Dawkins he'll get one more fight. I like Dawkins a lot. Dawkins is like one of the nicest dudes you ever meet, like real like down to earth type of person. But when you separate that away from uh, the fighting, you know, they're going to give him a guy that he could beat up at light heavyweight. They should, you know what I mean? Cause they've been just giving him killer after killer, after killer, after killer. And you know, he's, he's hit a slump. So we'll see what happens with, um, with a uh, round tree though. Man, he's got some interesting stuff coming up, right? You got Roundtree sitting at number 13 on the rankings. Um, I say 
you know, if you want to kill somebody, you put them against Dominic Reyes <laughs> in his next fight. You know, this man, like, this man evil. Dominic Reyes is a nice dude. Why are we gonna do that? But I'm saying, the thing is, like, do we put Reyes versus Dawkins? But does Dawkins deserve another ranked fighter? Like, would that be a good fight to make? That's the question, right? Because Dawkins, you know, maybe he's in the good graces of the UFC because he's taken certain fights. Because you remember he talked about it. He talked about like, hey, I was going to move down the light heavyweight after the Derek Lewis fight, but they just kept on offering me heavyweight fights, right? Big fights too, like highly ranked guys. And yep. he just had to take it. Now he's in a different position, right? Now he's just going to take what he can get. I think that they should put Dawkins against Reyes. I think that's the fight that they should make. It's still a good name. For Roundtree, man... I want to see him fight Alex Pereira with that style, dude. That's what I want to see. I know Alex Pereira is way up here at number three, and and Dawkins might have or uh, Roundtree might have to win a couple fights to reach that level. But man, we've seen crazier things in the UFC. I say you put Roundtree versus Blahovich. That's the next fight to make. Why not? Why not? Right? Why not push Roundtree? He wants a main event fight. Blahovich is a former champ coming off. What is it? How many losses is he coming off of? Drawing he's coming off one loss and a draw against Ankaliyev, right? So he's one, two, and one in his last four fights. Yeah, let's see what uh, Dacus can do. Throw him in the pit against Jan Blahovic. What do you think, J-Spec? Is that a good matchup I'm or I'm am I acting crazy? No, no, no. I, I'm for it. If, if we're in the position of being... Pro Khalil Roundtree, I guess, would be the the hat I'm putting on because I like the dude. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, fuck the rankings. I'll just say it like they 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 screw us over on the rankings all the time, and then they get to mismatch the the rankings all the time. So if you're in the top fifteen, that just means you're world class, and that means everybody's game on that roster is my opinion. And why not? Like Blahovitz, in my opinion, I no disrespect. I think he's been getting a little too many like. Hey, come on, get the title back. Like, I feel like they've been really trying to get him to get the title back, and it's just not working out for whatever reasons. Uh, the men, the men opposite of him being those reasons. So, with that being said, uh, yeah, why not? Like, he's Jan. Let's be honest, is I feel like there's a similar st- structure to uh, Peter Jan and um, Sugar Sean, right? Like, Peter. Piotr was kind of kind of Piotr was kind of hovering and just having like that that kind of you know staleness and draws and losses things going not going his way and then a person way down the ranking in Sugar Sean goes and beats him it could this same type of story could play out right here so I like your suggestion John why not fuck it let's go Roundtree let's shoot him straight up to the top let's get him in there why not Sicko let's say we can't get Yon then who do we get Oof. Johnny Walker would be a rematch. If I'm not mistaken, he lost to Johnny Walker before. Mm-hmm. Um, man, there's a lot of good fights around that area. Uh, it's just how slow do you want to to cook him up? You know, he's not getting any younger, and there's a lot of winnable fights for him. Especially oh, when I'm are. looking at five through ten. There, I think when it comes up, and like I said, with this guy's style, it, it, who knows? Who knows who's gonna put who out? It's tough to imagine him just going to decisions constantly. So you could throw him in there with anyone. I mean, if there's a fight opening up, 
you know, Ryan Spans there. I don't know how far along you want to jump him. I think Rockage Spans is fighting there. Smith. I believe so. Spans is, fighting somebody. Is Rockage and booked? Rockage is – we don't know the stats of Rockage. He's been injured for like, yeah. what, 15 years. Yeah. I mean, that's right. the thing that's been plaguing that whole division, right? Yuri was out. They had to shuffle things yeah. around. Jamal Hill's out yeah. now. Shuffle some more things around. Rockage Remember, Rockage was in like title talks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where, like he disappeared, right? So – we don't yeah. know about rackets, but yeah, like they, he they need to put Rauncher against like the the veterans that have been sitting around the top ten for a little bit too long. Yeah. Anthony Smith, uh, Ozdemir, uh, Rackage. I think Rackage is a little bit different from those guys. I think Rackage is kind of still up on you know rising up. Um, Rackage, Blahovich, Kyloff um, uh, <laughs> is still around winning fights. Right, Johnny Walker seemed like he hit his second, you know, second gear. In the division, doing really, really well. I don't think you want to put him against Johnny Walker because they can meet later on, right? As they rise up together. Um, yeah, I think the veterans. You need to put him against a veteran, and uh, and I think that's what they're gonna do next. I think they're gonna put him against a veteran. He wants a five round fight as well. You think that's a good idea, Sicko, to to go into five round fight when you're not known to fight for five rounds? You're really known to like. Smash people I think, early. I don't on. think it matters for him, bro. I don't see yeah. him going past three. It's more pay, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just more pay. I don't see him going into a fight going, okay, this is five rounds. Let me really, really pace myself and be patient and sit back and take a round or two off. Like he's he's a killer, man. If he smells blood, he's going after it. There you go. There you go. Um couple comments from the listeners. Uh Marcus. Talking about Khalil, the real deal, Roundtree. Yeah, he's got a million names. Roundtree is something else, just a beast. Uh, Roundtree said he wants a five round, uh, wants rounds, main event next time. Yes. Yep. Mark M says Roundtree versus John is the fight. Reyes Dawkins is legit, shouldn't be ranked. Uh, it says also, I'd love to see Belt pass the Coral Belt. Oh, he's talking about the league. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll keep the league. What does he say? He says, he joined the league. My picks up to this point aren't saved. Wouldn't they be updated? Yes, Go, they would be updated. Maybe a to, Yeah, go into settings and report it in the, the feedback area, buddy. Yes, go into the settings, report it. Easiest way to get it done. Okay, so the next the next two fights on the main card, the next three fights on the main card, we had Pollyanna Viana uh, lose by submission in the second round to Lucindo. Yeah, Tafan Chukwi lose to AJ Dobson by decision. And then Josh Frem won by decision against Jamie Pickett. Uh, the Tafan uh, Dobson fight and Frem Pickett fight, two fights that most people wouldn't write home from prison about, right? <laughs> just, just Very specific. Yeah. Um, and then Pollyanna Vienna, everybody loves her. Why would you why? not? If you are a heterosexual male, um, but, <laughs> that's one way to put it. Uh, but Lucindo is a better fighter, and I think a lot of people were hyped up because of what Poly Pollyanna did in their last couple of fights. And some people are going hard on Pollyanna Vienna, talking about you know she's Paige Van Zant, she's the Brazilian Paige Van Zant. She's mm. just fighting to, to to grow her other business ventures yeah. and. Uh, True or not, you know what I mean? She's still fighting in the UFC, and she's still taking fights. And she, she's, she finished fights, man. Like, on the ground, on the feet. 
she's a pretty decent fighter. I don't understand why there's so much hate on Paula Vienna, but Lucindo, she has a brighter future. Let's just put it like that, right? Um, but I think, like, not too much to say about these fights. You guys got anything to say about, like, these other fights on uh, on the main card? Because I think a lot of people want to talk about the, the prelims. Uh, not the main card, but if we are switching on to the prelims, definitely got to take a moment uh, to sell. Uh, celebrate me and sick are celebrating i know many other uh marcus mcgee fans are celebrating yeah marcus you're the maniac dude like uh so it's good to see him go out there and do exactly what he told us he was gonna do you know uh and go out there and seek seek the finish and and got it so happy for him on that one to rain on your parade though i'm gonna rain on your parade a little bit and i know marcus mcgee is a monster i've known him for a couple of years now and uh, seeing what he can do on the regional scene, he's doing really well in the UFC. But I'm just giving you reasons why this win you can't stack it up to the to his debut win. Let's just say, of it, course, right? of course. Let's just compare it, right? Number one, JP uh, Bays, he's basically a flyweight, right? That doesn't want to cut down to 125, and maybe he's doing it wrong. You know what I mean? And I think he's had some tough tough cuts right and he says he could take a shot better at 135 but it seems like he can't because (laughs) it's dropping every fight right like he's been knocked out in his last three out of four fights and now he's on a four fight losing streak and i'm concerned right about that like he just he just gets hit and he just drops dude like with these guys and i know he's facing off against some killers but uh Man, JP buys man. Matchmaking wise, they just haven't gave. They just haven't done him a proper solid right in the UFC. And it'd be hard for them to like keep him around when he's on a four fight losing streak, right? And he was injured ahead of this fight, I believe. He had suffered some injury. He had yeah, some he, surgery. Was, he was off for a little while. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was off for a long time. But McGee, let's praise him, man. Seven yeah. and one, looking like. A complete maniac. Look at him. Yeah, just, that's what he is. <laughs> he's a monster, right? Thirty-three years old. Uh, now he's sitting at what three, four wins in a row. Um, the only loss he has is to Nascimento. But look at this: all knockouts, all yeah. knockouts. And mm-hmm. I'll let you talk to go. Like you guys, you guys know McGee. Like put the pause on you, man. He said it going into this fight. He said, you know, this guy's not gonna be able to stand with me. He fences himself a legit striker. And especially at those weight classes, man, that's a hell of a team out there with him, Shug, Kyler, the Matrix. Um, they got Mario Bautista out there. Like they all spar together, they all train together. So they're seeing, I mean, you talk about strikers, like that room right there are some of the elite strikers in those divisions. So the fact that they're seeing from each other, if you notice when this fight started, Marcus's eyes, man, he saw everything. The low kicks, the even just the leg kicks from Baez were coming up with him. I mean, he saw everything that Baez was throwing his way, and he's fast. He's explosive. You can see the athleticism, that quick twitch that he has. I'm just happy for him, man. At his age, someone that got into it a little bit late, was on the regional scene, was on the amateur scene for for a good while, had a, and, you know, he was waiting for his time. He was on a, a podcast with Tim Welch leading up to his first fight in the UFC talking about maybe going on the contender series and there was rumblings and he was waiting for the call. And that's what it was looking like. 
And they were saying, you know, a year from now, a year from now, we'll be in the UFC. All of a sudden, he gets the call, short notice fight. We see it time and time again. And unfortunately, you know, the trend has been not good for those guys that come in super short notice. And, hey, this is going to be your entry to to the UFC. You're going to be a big underdog. It usually doesn't go well. But there's something about Marcus, man, where he comes out, starches him in the first, then has his second fight where he's a massive favorite. And listen, I'm not going to take anything away from Marcus in this fight. Just because they threw him the alley-oop, he still had to finish it. And boy, did he. He windmill jammed it. You know, yes, Baez is not great. Yes, he's on a losing streak. Yes, he's a bit chinny. But Marcus's performance, nonetheless, was was spectacular. And obviously, I'm biased. But (laughs) I'm very happy, man. I I reached out to him. And yeah, I'm glad he got that bonus as well. That's, That's awesome. Hell yeah. Who got and, the bonuses? Do you guys remember? I just know he did. I I didn't check the rest. I don't. Yeah, I don't have the list in front of me. But on that note of short notice fights, if we're gonna criticize and be fair on all fronts, that it, that needs to be mentioned that JP did take this fight on short notice. Maybe not the best choice for your career and your record, but you we've heard from many fighters that taking short notice fights is the best way to curry favor, the quickest way to curry favor with the UFC. Keep yourself employed. So sometimes a man's got to do what a man's got to do. And, uh, yeah, all was around. The other fight I wanted to uh, highlight from the prelims, just because it was a train wreck, was uh, Juliana Miller versus Luana Santos. Uh, Juliana Miller doing her her Chase Hooper impressions out there. Uh, (laughs) Not good. Just not good. It's not good to see, I don't think, in my opinion. Dude, she's like Chase Hooper. Blended with the Diaz brother. Y'all kill but him, like, man. Y'all kill him. <laughs> isn't she like, isn't she like, I mean, bro, I'm supposed to ride for her. She's a 10th planet girl. All That's her what homies saying. are like, my homies. Like, like, you know, I'm not supposed to rag on her here, but God, it looked bad. It looked bad in her last fight. And it might have looked even worse in this fight, man. Like, not even, I was hoping for a little bit of improvement. I saw even worse from her (laughs) in this fight like her she just has to go back to the lab man she has to really really start focusing on striking especially from a defensive aspect her footwork is terrible she's squared up she throws strikes with her elbows flared out her head is always on the center line like it's just it's 101 what not to do in terms of striking and if you're not going to be an incredible wrestler you know, her jujitsu skills are there. She is good on the ground. But if you don't have that wrestling pedigree to get it there, you're going to have to strike. And it's just she's just not good in that category, unfortunately. Yeah, it's man. Her record is not very good, man. She's only 27. I just it's just very surprising that they put her on that show with just the you know, it's not like she has this like background in like high level kickboxing or Muay Thai or, or wrestling or jujitsu, you know, I guess jujitsu is her thing, but it's not like she was one of the known, like, no, she wasn't out here running ADCTs and stuff. No, no, exactly. Right. So, and I know she has a personality and, you know, you can listen to her talk and she's, she's like, kind of like, she kind of reminds me of like a West Coast person of of j-lo right like it's like the girl around the way right like you talk to her you could it's, it's like a girl that you could talk to and she's like cool and she trains and, and she's a professional fighter but man she just looks uncomfortable in there you know just it doesn't look 
like looks like she still has the jitters and it's it's continuing right because she's fought on the ultimate fighter multiple times and then she won the finale and mm -hmm. but her first two fights yes it's it's not going very good for her and she fought like a veteran that was coming off a, a major long layoff right in her yeah. in her first fight in in the uk versus uh veronica uh hardy mm -hmm. and then she faces off against the santos if you look at santos's record she doesn't have that many fights but she has pretty good finishes hey and hey i gotta give respect to luana santos i didn't even know who this girl was <laughs> seriously until this card <laughs> yeah. came up I had that, it's, and it's not like she had like it's not like is it was it her debut yeah this was her yeah. this was her ufc oh debut. yeah it was her debut and i'm gonna i'm gonna put it out there i think she's like She's phenomenal looking, right? I thought she was like. <laughs> <laughs> but I was waiting for it. I'm like, where is it going to go with this? I was, like, I was shocked. Like, I was like, she's very phenomenal looking, right? I was just like, damn. Uh, but yeah, and she could throw them hammers too, man. She's like, she's vicious. That's my you know? point is that a debutante comes here and just makes Ms. Miller, I mean, look untrained almost, you know, like she unhinged her. I don't know if I've ever seen uh, odds flip that bad on a fighter. I mean, when she fought uh, Veronica Hardy, Miller was a big favorite in that fight. Like, she was like a minus 300 or something in that fight. Yeah, because they were, they were looking at her last performance against Brody exactly. Walker and then looking at Veronica coming off the three-year layoff. And yeah. they just was like, uh, you know. That's Miller the thing, man. Like if you give, Yeah, it just looks like if you give Miller somebody who has any bit – of striking knowledge, it's going to be a very rough day in the office for her. Yeah. That's one thing women have advantage over men, you know, like that's, let's just be real. That's one thing women have advantage over men. It's like if a woman is pretty and she's, you know, beautiful or whatnot, and she can fight, you remember her, right? Like yep. this, cause this is a, like even fans, most of the fans of fighting are men. Yeah, so oh, you take yeah, a percentage yeah. of the men that remember, like, like now I remember Luana Santos, right? <laughs> because of the well, fight, but also because, like, damn, she's, she's pretty can, hot, right? You can flip it the other way. You could go full Kamzad and just get a big old hair lip and just be like, remember yeah, but for I don't, that. Like, like I'm like, of course I remember Hamzad because of like his performances and you know, yeah, monster, like, the yeah, mic yeah. skills and all that. But women just have that advantage because it's not like dudes are going to be like, yeah, um, what's his name's. Like he, he doesn't like he doesn't he like I don't know who he is but damn he's a phenomenal looking man like you don't <laughs> remember those guys right like but for women it's different I'm just putting it out there it's just the truth right like um even yeah if, but I mean, Luana looks like she's legit it. though like Luana looks like she should be in Miller's position like she should have won the Ultimate Fighter and like should have been you know yeah. She might have been too good to get the ultimate fighter call, man. That's the unfortunate <laughs> part for the ultimate fighter. It's just that's exactly. not really the route anymore. Like, like those prospects are going through contender series. They're not going through the ultimate fighter. Or or getting signed to other places like John was alluding to earlier. Yeah. You know? Like for there's sure. we're grateful to be in the time period of MMA where we're in where there's more than one place to catch a check. All right. Um moving on from that, shout out to uh Luana Santos, we'll be uh, we'll be watching closely next time. You know, what I mean? we're not gonna we're not gonna we're not gonna hate on it. Um, Terrence McKinney, the boy, goes on short notice 
he's just like, dude, I gotta get this like losing streak. I gotta end this thing. Sicko, what did you think of like uh, McKinney? He had that urgency, right? He, but it didn't seem like he changed when does anything. He not, when does he not have that urgency? You know, McKinney always comes ready to go to war. Uh, yeah. I was very disappointed in Breeden. You know, I thought McKinney was going to get this one. Uh, you know, this is a big step down from the competition that he's had recently. So I thought he was going to get this fight. But Breeden, man, correct me if I'm wrong, guys. If you guys have a different read on this, Breeden looked like he didn't want to be in there, man. As soon as McKinney got his first little combination going, Breeden just shelled up and was like, nope, I want zero part of this. And it was just like not throwing anything back, no urgency to move and try to evade. And he just covered up, shelled up and said, go ahead, man, I'll, I'll wait for the finish. Like it was just a really, really bad performance. And I get it, man, when McKinney's coming forward and he's super aggressive like that. I mean, when has he not caught somebody, right? Even the fights that he's finished people, even or the fights that he's been finished, he still caught those guys early. He still had them in trouble at some points in the fight. So, you know, when, when McKinney comes out, man, that first round, that dude is is extremely dangerous in the first round. And, yeah, Breeden just unfortunately crumbled under that pressure. It was like watching that fight live was interesting. And I think that if you didn't know, if you just had like fun, if you just watched the fight, you didn't have previous facts, you didn't know the fighters, and then right after the fight was done, you, you just said the sentence, oh, well, you know, the guy took the fight on short notice. It would be easy to assume that Mike was the guy on short notice. Like, that's how bad the fight played out. It went, it didn't go the way the script is written in any version of the multiverse I've been a part of. So, good job for McKinney for, you know, bus, bucking the trend and all that and you know shaking it up that's awesome i mean he just crumbled man this you know what this fight reminded me of it reminded me of the amanda nunez and um what's her name really really tall megan oh, anderson um, yeah <clears throat> like the first punch that gets thrown their eyes are like uh-oh i'm not no this is i don't want to be in here anymore like that's what it looked like for breeding man he just he didn't even give himself a chance well the thing is, like the the term short notice, we always imply something to the term short notice. Like, oh, McKinney steps in on short notice, but McKinney could have been in camp the whole time, training with somebody that has fights coming up. Like, does that mean it's short notice? Like, short notice means like, yeah, exactly. It's, exactly. Like, they imply so much. Like, we always imply so much to short notice. Like, like we think short notice means that this guy wasn't even training. And he's just stepping up and, and cutting the weight, and then he's going in there and fighting, which is well. Know, McKinney had just fought, truth. right? Like exactly, wasn't McKinney's right? fight before that, right? Before, and he's like, get, right and he's helping so. Kevin Holland get ready. Like, yeah. Did they fight on the same night? I don't know, but and bro, there's I'm always be something with going on with fighters, right? Like there's always something going on at the gym with their team. So short notice, it 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 impacts both fighters, right? We can't just say it impacts McKinney because, to be honest, Breeden. They switch it on him short notice too. And it, actually, it might have impacted him even worse because he was preparing for one guy the whole time, right? And he's he's learning combinations. He's learning positioning. He's learning movement. And then he goes in there and they flip it on him and they give him McKinney, who's like a Tasmanian devil. Dude, Who look at the, the statistic. Who was Breeden supposed to fight originally? He, Breeden you was supposed know? to fight... Oh, um, uh, Venata. Lando Venata. Lando Venata. Yeah, which is a guy mostly kick based, right? Like he likes to kick a lot from distance. And then you got McKinney, here's my the thing, pressure man. guy. 
If I'm, I don't know who represents Breeden. I don't know if he represents himself or who represents him. Okay. If Breeden is my fighter and they're like, hey, man, Vanada pulled out, but we got a replacement. And they go, it's Terrence McKinney. (laughs) I'll be like, is there anybody else, bro? Like, we had a fight that we weren't so sure about. And you're giving us a guy who is much more dangerous and a guy who just fought. And, you know, he just had a camp. He's not even too far removed from it. Like, that's tough, man. It's very rare when the guy coming in on short notice is even bigger of a favorite than the guy who was going to fight him originally. Like, yeah, at some point, crazy. man, that's, you know what I mean? That's like, oh, I'm supposed to fight Joe Schmo. Hey, he pulled out, but Hamzat's going to jump in. Like, no, nah, man, I'm not taking that. I hear yeah. that. I guess my reservations was on the side of what you, the point that you guys just made, that Terrence had peaked and was set to be in his peak form when he fought previously the other week. So yeah. we've seen fighters do that ultra quick turnaround and you just, you know, athletically, it's hard to stay at that peak form. You need that cycle of physical recovery and then peak form again. So that's what I was afraid of. I was just like, damn, that's you were, you're, you're, you know, you might be expired. I don't know if you're still in your peak form, but hey, shut me the hell up. Good job, Mr. McKinney. Well, with, with Breeden, right? He, he had been coming off like a long layoff with like multiple injuries. And the thing about him was like he was injured. And then he kind of came back too fast and injured himself again. And it prolonged the layoff and the training. And during that time as well, you know, he's one of the original glory MMA guys as you know, like he's one of the original, like James Krause fighters and that Mm -hmm. whole thing blew up. Right. So he had to find a new gym. I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on with Mike Breeden. And uh, I, and I think like he invested so much on Lando Venata and his return. That when they flipped it on him, it was just like, you know, like there he had no choice, right? He hasn't fought in years. It's not like he's making money, yeah. you know, and and he's almost like forced into this matchup against. I want to uh, know McKinney. what I would love to like just be a mind reader for that moment. When I want to know who was the first person that told him, "Hey, it's gonna be Terrence McKinney," and I just would love to know what like what was he really thinking in his head at that moment because the way that fight took place man i don't want to harp on him too much like who knows it could have just been you know he might have got hit with a really bad shot he might have been out of it you know out on his feet but it just looked like he went in there with not a lot of confidence he only landed one strike and it was to the body 47 strikes thrown and you only throw five back five back one of them up man and then the one body shot, and then, you know, the finish came not too long after. But, yeah, man, it's a trip. Like, Terrence McKinney, he's still so young, dude. What is he? He's, what, 28, right? The, you know what I see in Terrence McKinney? I see Terrence McKinney doing this for about another year where he's just, like, fighting whoever, just his style. And eventually what's going to happen, he's going to figure out, like, what he needs to do to beat the, the more – like the higher level fighters, the elite fighters, and he's going to become one of them. But until that point, we're going to see Terrence McKinney taking these types of fights and either winning or losing because he lives by the sword, dies by the sword. That's why we love him. And even if he gets cut by the UFC, Terrence knows there's a lot of other promotions out there that's going to pay him good money to fight. Just because who he is, he's still young, still rooms to develop into a superstar. And, you know what I mean? And he's built a huge following as well, which is helpful. And he's around Kevin Holland, who's probably guiding him 
you know, of how to grow himself into a, a star in this league, uh, in this in this promotion. And even if it's not in this promotion, he has great representatives with his management to where he can build himself in another promotion. That's one thing. That's a good cushion to have uh, with McKinney. Breeden, not so much, right? Breeden is a guy that's off two back-to-back losses, winless in the UFC, lost his third straight in the UFC. Most likely what's going to happen to a guy that hasn't won any, lost three in a row, he's ended up what? Getting cut, cut right? Usually get cut, right? And that's what chop. And if, if Breeden would have won this fight and McKinney got cut, McKinney would have, I think, more of options. 100%. Like at a higher level, a bigger organization Definitely. compared to a breeding. <coughs> breeding's thirty. Breeding's thirty-four years old, man. Like, it's hard to come back at that age. And he fought like he was forty-four. Yeah, and a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people thought like breeding, or actually, a lot of people think thirty-four is the age where you drop off, right? If you're not a champion by then, you got dropped. Not off, in the heavyweight sure. division. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> you're gonna get right? drop off, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Dropped off, right? So um, mm-hmm. there you go. Um, another another prospect that fought was uh, Francis Marshall. And he took on Isaac Dalgarian. Isaac Dalgarian, another <laughs> Isaac Dalgarian, most famous for running away from, <laughs> like, literally legit. Was that I? Was that Isaac Dalgarian? See another, no, you're thinking about uh, Vergara. They do oh, look kind of similar. Yeah, they look similar, yeah. <laughs> this dude looks like Vergara and Kyler Matrix. <laughs> we got yeah. together, bro. Somebody yeah, Isaac me. Dalgarian, man. Um, I've like I've followed him for a little bit. Five and oh, six and oh now, uh, you know, uh twenty-seven years old. He's a solid prospect, dude. A good background in wrestling. And uh Francis Marshall, he's the guy that's the fresh face, uh, uh the newest mm-hmm. edition of uh 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 what's his name chase hooper right but he's not he's actually skilled but he didn't do very well against dalgarian at all right he did not do very well against dalgarian man dalgarian went in there implemented a great style and uh now dalgarian is the prospect undefeated first round knockout man I, i i see a big future for for dalgarian in that in that division uh martin boudet Gets the first round submission against Josh Parisian. Josh Parisian sitting on, uh, what is it? He's on like win one, lose one, but this time his first back to back losses. Uh, you know, he's hanging on by a thread in that heavyweight division, but you know what? The heavyweight division, they let you hang on to the tiniest of threads, right? Oh, Until they don't tiniest. like you anymore. Yeah. Um, uh, what is it? It's, Oh, we'll go to Sicko for this one. Yeah, this was a good one. Ruiz versus uh, Amarim. Amarim goes in there and gets the TKO. I'm pretty sure a lot of people thought it was a submission, but she gets the first round TKO or third round TKO finish. Um, what do you think, Sicko, of this fight? Was it good? Fluent, man. It was beautiful. It was beautiful if you are a fan of grappling at a high level. Uh, Amarim is a legit, legit black belt she's as legit as they come on the ground and she showed it and there are points in time where they were on the ground and she was playing with her pulling guard you know transitioning from a closed guard to a full mount you know sweeping into full mount like you don't really see that at this level in the ufc people going from a closed guard and sweeping their opponent into full mount and she did that multiple times i mean anytime ruiz would 
get a little bit of something going on on the feet, she would just pull guard and say, hey, get on top of me. Come get on top of me. I know I'm going to sweep you. I know I'm going to threaten with whatever submissions I have. And, yeah, she showed off, and, and I'm happy for her. Her first fight, you know, she had a lot of hype going in uh, in that Sam Hughes fight. A lot of people were giving her that credit and saying, man, if she takes Sam Hughes down, it's going to be over. And she had success in the first round and then gassed out, and Hughes being the veteran that she was just put it on her. It was a tough first fight for her. And since then, though, you know, second fight in the UFC, we'll see what you got. And she did exactly what people were expecting her to do in the first round, which is show off that beautiful jujitsu, that Mexican ground karate. She did that beautifully. And, uh, yeah, I was surprised that she didn't get the submission. She had an arm bar that looked pretty deep in there, and Ruiz just fought like hell to get out. Uh, she threatened with a lot of good submissions. But at the end of it, she just said, screw it, I'm going to. I'm gonna go ahead and start raining down some shots and finish with the with the uh, TKL. There you go. And then Demar Blackshield gets the twister submission. Only I believe only the third or fourth submission. That was submission dope. in the league. And Jose Johnson, you remember Jose Johnson? He was signed, and then he pulled out a bunch of fights, got cut, and now he got re-signed, and then he loses again. by twister. <laughs> about to get cut again. I don't know if you you noticed, John, when that fight. I was uh, I know Rob. We were we were in the party together, so we were talking about it. But one thing that uh, Blackshear did that was really really cool to finish that twister is he used the inside of his own glove to get the grip. He couldn't quite get a gable grip because of the gloves. S grips are really hard because of the gloves. So he just said, "Screw it." Dug inside his own glove and just got the grip like that and got the finish. And I was like, man, people really need to start using that more. Like any position that you're in where it's either a gable grip or, or a S grip that you're looking for, just dig your fingers in your own glove. Like that is tighter than anything you're going to see. Like that's impossible to unhook, man. Yeah, and there you go, man. Blackshear. Blackshear, he's on a little run now. I love that. I, love I that think dude. he's won like three or four fights in a row now. So, yeah, there you go, man. You just got to build that win streak. Doesn't matter against who, just build it. And then you're building confidence and your resume. And then when you land against the, the bigger name fighters, you'll be ready to go. All right. So, before we get out of here, we're going to discuss uh, two of the rules, two new rules that they. Uh, let me get this on the screen real quick. Two new rules. Implemented rules. Yeah, two of the implemented rules. Let me read these rules off. Oh, here it is. I hope it works. Let's hope it works. Come on. Yeah, so two of the rules. Uh, Bloody Elbow on Twitter. They put up the two rules. Let me see if I could. Well, while you're looking up for it, I know they're referring to. Uh, mostly to what the doctors can and can't do after illegal strikes, mostly eye pokes, um, things of that nature. So it's obviously we know about the five minutes that you get whenever there's an eye poke, uh, but it's actually just going to allow doctors to kind of step in and do more than they previously have been allowed to do when those things occur. So if there's an illegal strike, like a headbutt or something, clash of heads that opens up a cut, uh, the doctors can come in and actually try to stop the bleeding to actually, you know, do a little bit more than they were used to doing. And it's just trying to get fighters closer to that five minute mark. Uh, they're really trying to, 
you know, persuade the refs to say, hey, really try to get them to use as much of those five minutes as they possibly can. Uh, I don't know if, John, if you got it up yet. Oh, I, well, I don't know. Something's wrong with the stream here. But uh, the, the two new rules, right, for MMA fighters. And MMA fighters and coaches and quarterman, they need to understand these rules so they can utilize them if they need to shout, shout at the referees. Because referees aren't perfect, man. So you got to tell them sometimes uh, if they're doing something wrong, especially the corners. So the first rule is if you accidentally foul result, if an accidental foul, this is what uh, Jay, uh, 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 Sickle was talking about, foul results in a cut, cut men, cut women are now allowed to enter the ring and treat the wound. So they get to have the five minutes, right, treat the wound to see if, like, they could do anything. And this is all off of accidental, mm -hmm. right? So right. Uh, the referee, it's, it's up to his discretion, like, can – does the referee allow the cutman to come in? But usually you see the referee doing a pretty good job with that. And, uh, yeah, and I think this is a great idea. You don't, you know, you allow the, the professionals to, to, to heal the wound so we can see uh, the fight continue because the last thing you want to see is a fight that is stopped due to a cut, and, it, and the cut was due to an accidental headbutt, right. right? We don't want that. We don't want accidents. We want... Uh, intentional damage. We want intentional violence, right? That's what we yeah. want. Anyway, so the second thing is uh, during an eye poke, fighters are given a cold press to use for 60 to 90 seconds before the doctors come in to check the eye, allowing recovery time. I don't think that even really would that even matter to a that fighter. That one seems like, stupid. That one seems stupid, know? in my opinion. I'm just be honest. Like 60 to 90 seconds of cold compress does absolutely nothing to. I'll tell you that. why they're doing that, and I'm sure it, it continues on and says <laughs> more as to why they're doing that. They're just trying to waste as much time as they can to get closer to the five-minute mark because they're worried about fighters recently. As soon as there's an eye poke happening, saying, nope, I can't see, my vision is impaired, and the fight stops You know, uh, 40 seconds into the eye poke stoppage where it's like, is your vision truly, truly impaired or is it just like you're blurry and it's going to get better? And all they're trying to do is just prolong it a little bit longer. And what I saw, and I don't know if, if it's on there, John, but what I saw is them saying like the doctors aren't going to come in and ask immediately, uh, can you see and ask questions about their vision? They're just going to come in and treat it and take a look at it and look at it themselves. And then as they get closer to that five minute mark, if the fighter hasn't decided to go themselves, then they'll start, you know, giving those, those vision tests or asking them about their vision itself. But only yeah, as they so get closer to the five-minute mark. Are these mm -hmm. rules going to have a huge impact on like what's what's going down in the? I think they will. You just have to be able to utilize it to your yeah. advantage, right? And I think coaches, that that's one thing. Coaches they need to study the rules and like the process and the protocol during a fight, and 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 where you're at fighting as well. You know what I mean? Every commission has different rules. It seems like take advantage of it, but. Uh, you know, making more rules, I think it's a great thing. You know what I mean? Because then you could get rid of the old rules that don't make any goddamn sense and that should not even be utilized at this point, especially 12 to 6 elbows and stupid things like that that were established years ago. Well, yeah, I guess to that point, John, that's – I'm kind of like who gives a shit about this because while you guys wasting your – point on all these little minor details that does it affect stuff i don't really know i think when we see eye pokes the ones that are like clear and obvious like yeah that fighter should not be fighting they don't fight and the guys who can well they warrior it up and they wait the five minutes and then they they get back to fighting 
I don't I think this is a lot of great effort and thank you to whoever put the, the thought into this topic but I think there's other areas in MMA that need uh, a think tank and emphasis put on it versus like the I poke protocol I don't know seems like wasted effort to me well yeah hey you know man I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people that have that same same opinion you know it could be a waste of time it could be you know because new rules could lead to new problems as well you know what i mean it's never a perfect solution to everything right just think about this I'm just, and and now i'm just making a hypothetical situation but sometimes we get fights every once in a while we get a fight that's just plagued with the eye poke bug so and nothing and none of those fights get canceled because the eye poke bug just there's lots of fights with eye pokes so you're going to add five more minutes into all of those fights that sometimes you have it like that it once again, speculating. Good luck to all the fighters. Hope you don't get poked in the eye. That's my final message. There you go. Sure. Rob doesn't want people to get poked in the eye. That's the final message. <laughs> um, Sicko, anything to add to the, the new rules? Just give them safety goggles, man. Yeah. Sicko and me are wearing safety goggles. At you poke in my moment, eyes. You know I mean? there ain't no poke in my eyes. You know I mean? Either that or you're going to start seeing this guard right here. When dust starts flying around, when when sand starts flying around, and people are complaining, and and you're thinking like, why didn't they just wear their protective goggles like I am right now? You know what I mean? Like right. it, it helps. I'm telling you, it Walk helps. Anyways, everybody that joined us live, appreciate it. If you're listening to the replay, make sure you guys subscribe, like, share, all of that good stuff. Uh, go in the descriptions, download the All-Star app, join the, the league, make your UFC picks every week. The league, J-Spec is running. Sicko is there making picks. I'm making picks as well every week. Yeah. I'm not in the league, but I'm making picks. I'm on the on the app checking out what, what's going on. If there's any problems with the app, go into the settings and uh, send send an email to the company. And, uh, and we will fix it as soon as possible ASAP. Thank you guys so much. And uh, Sicko, J-Spec, we'll, we'll be speaking next week. Uh, Boston, I believe. And you, right? baby. And, and you. you. Okay. So Let's go. We're going to leave it right there. We're going to leave it right there. He says, and new. So we'll see next week if that comes to reality. Peace out. Love. And, uh, and uh, 